Amen. All right, Pastor Prentice, we'll turn it over to you this morning. Well, we're so glad for every one of you to be here today. Being in the house of the Lord is an honor. I, I have been to a number of countries that they don't really have that honor, a privilege to come to the house of the Lord. It should be a privilege to come and to worship the Lord. You don't, in contrary to some people, you don't come and just worship the Lord any old way. The Bible has this to say about it. John, the, I think it's the fourth, fourth chapter. It says you worship Him in spirit and in truth. That's the way we worship the Lord. We, we honor Him with our spirit, that which has been changed. At least, at least the majority of the church body, the ones that come to church on a normal basis, you have the spirit of the Lord that's been in you because the Bible says that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. And when we come together, the Bible talks about forsake not yourself to the assembling of yourselves to the Lord. Where two or three are gathered together in His name, there He will be. Yes. The purpose of our worship not only is in our vocal singing, but it's in our ability to listen to the Word of God and have the Word of God put His Word in you. And not only that, but to see the Word in you in operation. It, it, ha it has to be that way. And this morning we definitely are say that, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Amen? Get a witness. How many would like to be out at 1130? How many thinks I'm going to let you out at 11.30? Some of you do, haven't been here very long. I, I will promise you it will not go as long as it did last Sunday. Is that okay? All right, be quiet. <laughs> I'll talk to you something. I want to talk to you this morning about something, and I'm just telling you right up front, we're, when I get through, we're gonna we're those that will and would, we're gonna come up here to the front and we're gonna praise the Lord for a moment. Okay? And I promise you, well, I can't do that. I, I'm trusting the Holy Spirit will let you out before twelve o'clock. Okay? Because I don't know if I can stand up here that long. <laughs> you know, I'm just I'm, I'm 70 years old now, so I'm just milking that for everything I can get out of that. Be quiet, Karen. 
I think I've used my age more in the last couple of months than I ever used it before. Anyway, so much for that. I'll talk to you first about something that's not real positive. It's something that's really negative, and then I'm going to end it on something that's very positive. Is that okay? I want, I want to talk to you something about that probably in your mind, the back of your mind, has caused you, at least in the last couple of months, to really evaluate what you watch on TV. I have made it, I have done a purposeful thing in the last couple of months to limit my time of watching what's on the news and even on the TV for many reasons. The other day, the richest man in China lost somewhere around $3 billion on the black market. Uh, not black Monday, sorry. Not black market, but black Monday. In China, the bottom dropped out of the economy in China, and the richest man in China headlines was he lost $3 billion. Now, some of us only hope to even see that in the news, a figure that big. Read in an article, and it said that more 7.0 earthquakes has happened in April than in any other time since they had been recording earthquakes. Last weekend, a storm in the Rockies was titled the Sunday before I was supposed to fly out to go see my new granddaughter that was going to be born on Tuesday. We always are on schedule, the Woods family. I was very concerned about the weather front because in the Rockies they had a weather front that was called the Omega Block. Anybody heard of it in here? Omega, they said it, it, it looked like the Greek letter Omega. It's a thing that comes up like this and like that. You know, the Bible says in Revelation that Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. In other words, the end. If you're going to eat that, you bring me a piece of it up here. Sorry, I just thought it was funny. <clears throat> I thought all the kids went outside. Never mind. Omega, the end. You know, I, I, I thought it was real funny because years ago I was in one of the, I'm going to get a laugh out of this, I know. I was in one of the, uh, like, go gym up, up in St. Louis. And I watched this black guy came in and he had this big old tattoo on his arm. And it had the Omega letter on there. I got myself into a heap of trouble, Karen. I really did. I said, what, what does that stand for? And he said, he said it's, it's one of our, uh, what are they called? College sororities. Huh? Fraternity. Maternity? Fraternity. It's one of the fraternity. Now, stop laughing at me. I'm 70 years old. Come on. I said, it's, I said, 
That's, that's a sad day, isn't it? That's what I said to him. He said, what? You know, I said, that's a sad day. He said, what are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the omega sign that's, that's on you. He said, why would that be bad? I said, to realize that you're the best that could ever be. You're the best? With all your, you know, I, then I preached to myself. With all of our failures and our disappointments to realize I'm the best that's ever going to be. Now, I know some of you have two thoughts on that. You know, is it possible I could be the best that has ever been? No, 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 no. I'm not. Jesus said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. It doesn't get any better than what I am. That's what Jesus said. It's all started with me, and it's all going to finish with me. He is it. He is the personification of perfection. To think he never done anything wrong. I mean, come on now. I, I think that often, but I know better, potentially, that there's mistakes that I've made. After all, science tells us that we make 52 decisions every day. There's many days that I do not consider have made any mistakes whatsoever. But I'll guarantee you, if you make 52 decisions a day, you're going to make some that are wrong. Right? They call this storm front the Omega Storm in the Rockies because it was in the shape of the Greek letter for Omega. The end. Does not that have some kind of apocalyptic intonation to it? That this could be the end? I know several articles in, that I've read has thought that. Then we run into the scenario of the war that is in uh, the Middle East, Syria, Iraq, all in that area and all the things that are going on. Your follower, if you are a follower of the news, it's very depressing to realize what is going on at this particular time. But did not the Bible say that there would be wars and rumors of wars? So that's somewhere in the time frame of the end time, which can be anywhere from just before Jesus passed away to the time we're living in right now. And there has always been wars and rumors of wars. Any, any given day, you can turn the television on and you can see movies that have been made in Hollywood that have an apocalyptic overture to it. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, just we, this week I was trying to add them all up. There was Impact. There was Deep Core. There was uh, about four or five that was on there. So at any given day, somewhere on the ability to turn the television on, you're going to find something that is apocalyptic. In other words, it's a situation that is going to kill everybody. Human, humans as we know it 
would be destroyed and sometimes majority of the time they figure out in the last little bit, five minutes, that somebody survives. That's Hollywood. That's why you go to movie theater here and pay eight bucks in Jackson. You go to St. Louis, you pay 12 or 13. But they're everywhere and the impact of those television programs are having an effect on our population. We are being desensitized to the end time happenings that the Word of God talks about. Then you have those that are so-called churches, so-called prophets, and so-called televangelists that are on televisions that are making fortunes off of it. I, the other day I, t I turned to this one, and I'm not going to tell you, it wasn't a televangelist, but it was supposed to be uh, a website that talked about the end times. And they were telling all these things, 7 point here, 6.5 here, Vanu had three 7.0s this last week, three Three, three 7.0s in the last week. Then I, I read this story that Costa Rica had uh, 70 earthquakes between the largest two volcanoes in Central America. So I thought, I, I'm just going to check this out. So I checked out various websites that, have, especially Costa Rica, I pull up Costa Rica and put in the question, how many earthquakes has there been in the last week in Costa Rica? You know how many they had? None. But the website, Christian website, so-called Christian website, so-called, said that there was 70 earthquakes in the last week between two of the largest volcanoes in Central America. And then when I went back to their main page, I looked over on the side, you know, where they sell everything, and it was about surviving the great end time happening, buy this survival kit, buy this food, get water from them. I'm thinking, never mind what I was thinking. I was thinking, there's got to be some fools out there. Put it that way. It kind of dis disassociates myself with some that might, think that this was the Lord you don't make money off of end time situations credibility is becoming something to me that is major and has to be looked into then we have the political then we, well, what about the Supreme Court look at what's going on there isn't these things major things that is causing depression that is causing people to think that there is just no hope left for planet Earth. I think it is. Supreme Court, they're in a crisis. Of course, and how many knows that our political system is almost non-existent? I don't know what's going to happen. And it's enough to save you. We got people that <coughs> aggravated because of what's happening with one political person, another political person, 
and we're questioning what is going on. Or some thinks that this is something that's been going on all the time, but I say to you, no, it's not. Then we had last week, then we had the Panama Papers. Anybody know what the Panama Papers are? It caused major problems in it almost every major nation on the planet, on our planet, of corruption and things that leaders were putting their money into and getting money and not accounting for it. I mean, everything from Russian leadership to U.S. leadership, British leadership, European leadership, African leadership, every, almost every nation was represented there on the Panama Papers. So these things are definitely things that are affecting people in our country. Then finally, I saw the other day a headline that said, Is the American dream over? Is the American dream over? If that is something to consider, who does that affect? Well, if, if I was a young person, I was just getting out of college, or I was fixing to enter college, or getting out of high school and not going to college, I would think, well, is there, should I even go to college? Is, is it all going to be over in a month or two? I mean, is the economy going to crash? Or are we going to lose everything? And then you've got those that have a little bit of money and put back and, and say, everything that I've saved over the last 40 years, is it going to be just totally worthless? What, where are we at in this? And what do we do as Christians? What do we do if we go to the house of God? What does the church offer against this? Because did not the Bible say that when the enemy, when Satan enters in, what's the church supposed to do? What's God supposed to do? Let's put it that way. The Lord says, I will raise a standard up against it. Now, we can listen. To that. I mean, we're, we're susceptible anyway. Every time the weather comes on and they tell us that there's a cold front coming and all of a sudden my back starts hurting. I feel like I'm going to get the flu. I know I have because I've got the flu for the last 150 years this time of the year. And now the weather tells me that there's a cold front coming in and it's going to linger over Jackson. Of course, if you're Jackson very long, you realize there's nothing that lingers over Jackson for very long. Amen? It comes and it goes. You know, I've got news for you. Every city in the United States is the same way. You get to think about it. I mean, if you haven't lived in Oklahoma, you haven't lived in bad weather. I mean, we just think we've lived in bad weather. So is the American dream over? What does, what does God say in regard to this? We get so hung up Oh, Matthew and Luke in the 24th chapter, and we hear of earthquakes, wars and rumors of the war, sun going dark, the moon turning to blood. Oh, my God. And we, everybody knows we live in the last day. I mean, even Paul knew that. That was supposed to be funny. Okay. I mean, the last days is any time from the time Jesus died on the cross to where we are right now. Okay, it's 2,000 years. 
We've always had wars and rumors of wars. They say, well, we haven't had earthquakes. I say we have. We've had earthquakes, but we have never taken, kept track of it like we have now. We've got wars and rumors of wars. And any time, I remember the last Gulf War. Does anybody in here remember the last Gulf War? I mean, some of you are thinking, I, w I was in Vietnam, I wasn't. <laughs> it's been a little while ago, but last Gulf War was amazing. One of my, one of my good pastor friends, he was, uh, he was a, a commander of, of, uh, of uh, Abram uh, M1 battle tanks. He was over 10 of those battle tanks, and he was in some very difficult battles. <clears throat> and he had a newsman traveling with him that had a little bitty deal like our cameras are right now and was able to show exactly what was taking place, streaming it every minute. Think about that. So everybody here back in the United States got used to seeing the first Gulf War when the shock and awe was going on downtown Baghdad. We actually had news people down there in hotels standing out on the balcony taking paid pictures as the cruise missiles was coming in and destroying things. We were right there. You know, everything was going good. The makeup of the individual Americans were feeling good about that. But now things have got a worse. And now we really don't want to see all those Christians getting their heads cut off. And we're wondering, people are wondering, is there any hope? Is there anything that's positive that is going to take place? Well, folks, I'm glad you asked that question today. Because I've got news for you. If you think the battle in Baghdad was shocking, awe, you have some wonderful news because when the Lord gets through with this stuff, the shocking awe, the shock and awe that God is going to do is going to be far greater than anything man has seen. So how is that going to affect us? Are, are we going to get taken up with these earthquakes? Are we going to see terrorists come into Jackson? Are we going to have to worry and be concerned that there's going to be a Muslim come through those doors and shoot and kill? And some people has actually used that as an excuse not to come to the house of God. Have I done a good job about depressing you so far? Now, I want to I show you something else. I want to show you what God is going to do. Because a coin has two sides to it. You got a heads and you got a tails. 50, you got a 50-50 chance of flipping that to get to a heads or a tails. But in the things of God, there is not a 50-50 chance there's a 100% chance of what God is going to, said He's going to do, He is going to do. Now, are these things happening today? Everybody would say, yes, they are. Is that causing you to have a negative outlook on the future? 
I would say about 60% has a negative outlook. What can I do? What if the water was cut off? What am I going to do? What if there was no more food at Kroger? What if there was, what if First Bank shut down? What if First South shut down? What am I going to do? Is it something I need to be concerned with? Well, let me, let me tell you this. God has always had a redemptive plan in anything that has ever happened. I'll tell you what the news hasn't told you. Some thinks there's no real move of the Spirit of God in our churches. There, there just doesn't seem to be like it used to be. Let me tell you something. That's exactly what our news media does not want the person that sits in the pew to know anything about. Let me tell you something that is happening in the house of God. Can I just use, for example, just some of the things that has happened in the last month in our country to show me that God is on the move and that churches are experiencing one of the greatest revivals that they've seen in the last 30 years. But the news media and people do not want that to get out. Now hear an amen, anybody following with me this morning? The Bible says in Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse 14 and 16. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does any one light a lamp and put it under a bushel but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Something happened around two weeks ago. It just stirred the living daylights out of me. Uh, Kind of a funny deal. In Seattle, for instance, it says, even in the paper, we began to notice that an unusual manifest presence of God has invaded meetings in our city. Jeremy Nelson, 35, wrote, Miracles were happening quite easily, and people were really getting touched by God during the worship time. Azusa Street, two or three weeks ago, happened in Los Angeles, one-day meeting. It was pouring down rain, and the Rose Bowl, how many of those has ever seen the Rose Bowl Stadium, was filled with 100,000 people while it was pouring down rain and they were even out on the field praising God and signs and wonders and miracles were taking place. Come on, somebody praise the Lord. Is God doing something today? I say He is. 
Every time the enemy comes in as a roaring lion, God will always have a redemptive plan. And when the enemy comes in as a roaring lion, the Bible says that God will lift a standard up against it. With all of these things that are being said that tears you down emotionally, God is on the scene. God is in the earth. And God is moving. And that's what he's doing. There was reporting and I looked probably six hours. That's the most I've looked at television for a long time. Six hours. They were out on that field praising and worshiping God. Think about it. It's hard enough to get people today, like last weekend, to stand for an hour and a half and worship God. Wouldn't you have liked to have been around when Ezra came in with all the people and they finally got the wall up? And the Bible talks about it this way. And they read the, the, the Torah and they stood all day long listening to them read the Torah. Or uh, not Matthew, Mark, look at John, that's the gospel. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, or what we call the Pentateuch, the five first books of the Bible. I mean, I could have probably made it through the 50 chapters of Genesis, but it would find it very difficult to stand past the first chapter of the book of Leviticus. But they would stand all day. It didn't make any difference if they were young or old. They stood because they were honoring the Word of God. Well, I, I found this really interesting because while they were doing that in Los Angeles at the Rose Bowl, it was called Azusa now. Over in Washington, D.C., the same, the same time frame, a good pastor friend of mine who has a church in, in, in Louisville, Kentucky, was in a leadership of a movement that was happening in Washington, D.C., and thousands upon thousands of people at the same time, God was moving on the west coast, on the east coast, on the hill. God had people praising and glorifying and thanking God. And that wasn't all. Signs, wonders, and miracles were also taking place in Los Angeles at the same time. People were getting healed in wheelchairs and coming out and being documented. The same thing was going on in Washington, D.C. And found out, and it wasn't broadcast or anything, but by that, and the links were showing almost every major city in the United States was having a major happening just like that. Being a couple of hundred people or multiple thousands, they were praising and worshiping God they were not worried about wars, rumors of wars. They were not worried about earthquakes. Uh, they were not worried about the economy falling to pieces. Uh, they were not worried about any of those negative connotations at all. They were just glorifying God for doing something and showing that he's still on the throne, he's still alive, and you can depend upon him to come through for you. Here in the, here in the last several months... Uh, 
article that was written over in West Virginia, <coughs> West Virginia and Eastern Kentucky, and a lot of it in, in Kentucky. And how many knows that there's nothing that good that really comes out of Kentucky, maybe except a coach that goes to Texas, and I hope they fire him. But <coughs> anyway, there was something happening in, in Kentucky. God started moving, and they were starting to call it the Cornfield Revival. Because people were getting saved, and people were getting healed. And why they were coming together, they did not know. But it finally got over into West Virginia and Carolinas. 10,000 people were showing up to praise and worship God. The newspapers in Charleston was talking about a strange move of God, as they call it, happening in the churches all around their city. And they were having a very difficult time with the economy because the coal mines were being closed up. The economy, the bottom was dropping out from Everything was happening, but in spite of it, uh, the thing that they did, they started going to the house of God, and they started seeing God move, uh, and instead of depression, uh, they were receiving hope, uh, and that's what God does. When He shows up, uh, He always gives hope. He doesn't depress you. We do not have to look to the hill in Washington, D.C. for help or help from our Supreme Court. We can go to God and He will answer our prayers. He will take care of us. He is always there for us. So look, don't look down. Look up because our redemption is drawing nigh. As I said before, there's always the redemptive factor that God always places in our pathway. Noah, God put ahead a redemptive plan for him. He gave him an ark. You know, we, we have to have hope today, folks. We have to, we have to have hope. We Think about all these negative things, and whether we know it or not, it can affect us. That, that's why the Bible talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers of the air. We're talking about satanic pressure. I was saying a couple of weeks ago when I, when I, when I went to see my, my new little granddaughter, probably one of the roughest times that I've ever had with depression. Didn't have anything to do with my granddaughter. But I would try to lay down and there was things that would come up and I would think about it and I'd wonder, where in the world did this come from? And then I'm reminded of that scripture, we wrestle not against principalities and powers. But it goes on down and said, it goes on down and it says this, it, talk, it talks about and bringing into subjection every evil thing and everything that would come against us mentally. I'm here today. The world knows our time frame as, and they're understanding it. And there is something afoot, as the Brits would call it. 
there's something fixing to happen. But let me tell you something about what the church is saying. The church is saying something is happening. Signs, wonders, and miracles are becoming prevalent in the house of God. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, God will heal their land. I'm not worried if the American dream is coming to a close. I'm thankful that God has made a way where there seemeth to be no way. He's always done it. It says that He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And whatever takes place tomorrow, He is going to be the same that time also. And God has given us the ability and says that He is going to take care of us. Let me tell you something. If things start falling apart, you don't have to worry. I mean, the Bible says when you see these things happening, look up because your redemption draws nigh. God is going to take care of you. I mean, God is going to take When I was on the plane down in Nicaragua and the plane was doing like this upside down and every which way and a little girl sitting over there who, who was the daughter of, of the, the businessman in that little village where we were saying she was over there in a fetal position and that plane was just doing like worst I'd ever been in my life and me and the other three pastors was up there just praising the Lord and kind of joking around and thanking God for what they, they, they had, we had seen that week uh, and just rejoicing and reminiscing what God had done, how he brought all the denominations together and brought them into one mind and one accord and seeing God just cause great things to happening. And that pilot turned around and looked at us and said, are y'all guys crazy? He said, no, we're confident. For he who has begun this good work is going to finish it. And God is going to do some great things. I mean, how many heard last week when, when uh, uh, Lindsay and, the, and, and Jake and the other ones, they were up there, and, and Pastor Rick was, began to prophesy over, over Lindsay. And, of course, my ears picked up because it's something that, that God had spoke to me about also and, and said that our young people, God would start moving into our young people and the kids would be on the platform uh, and they would start praising the Lord uh, and they would actually be going out and praying for people that were out. I'm telling you what, God is up to something good because every time the world has experienced something bad, God has always turned it around and what man has meant to destroy us, God has meant it for us to become stronger. Oh, God never shows up on my time frame, but he's never late. Just when I thank God, God, it's time for you to show up. You know, how many's ever got antsy? I mean, we got antsy when we was trying to sell the church, what, two or three years ago. I was thinking, and some of you, I can't tell everything, but I mean, I was thinking, if this thing don't go through, I'm going to wind up in jail. That's how bad it could have got. I was thinking, Lord, it's a good time for you to show up right now. 
This is 911 calling. Hello. Time would pass. Nothing happened. I'm saying, this is enough to make some people that are not close to God fall to the wayside. Hear me now. Then you just kept on holding on. Be like an alligator with locked jaw. You know what I'm talking about? Sorry, that's a Texas terminology. An alligator with locked jaw. You just can't. Carl knows what I'm talking about. He did his dissertation on, on alligators. Why in the world you did, a, did that on alligators? I mean, but there was a plan God had for that. Just pray for God to give you the audacity of an alligator with locked jaw. Grab a hold of what God has said. Hold on to it. Don't let anything take it away. Come on now. Don't let anything take it away. Hold fast that which God has given you. And don't let any man take your crown. When everything wasn't working, Amen. When the doctors, all they could give you was no hope whatsoever. God showed up. When you were struggling, you know what I'm talking about? You could have probably said, Lord, don't you think it's time? Don't you think this thing ought to go through? And you kept holding on. And what? God showed up. All of that time, God was there. He didn't know it right at the right time. I often think of my uncle who was, he, he was pretty well off. and He was really faithful to the house of God. And he lived, he had, he had a big ranch in North Texas. And I never will forget because the story was he had a, he had a couple of thousand had a couple of thousand Osteen's uh, cattle. And all of a sudden we heard that he was going to sell his ranch and he was going to sell all of his cattle. And they were wondering, why are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? And he sold it. I'm going to tell you how much he, he got out of it. But the very next week, the bottom went out on the price of cattle property for ranches in North Texas bottomed out all these other ranchers lost thousands upon thousands of dollars but I asked Uncle Leger I said what made what made you sell when, when you sold he said well it wasn't because of what I knew. It was because of who knew me and protected me and sold at the right time. When everybody else was losing money, I made money. I'm telling you, there is hope for us. There's hope for every one of you today. If you have been depressed because of the report you've got, I'll tell you, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, whose report are you going to believe? 
Are you going to believe? Are you going to believe man's? Or are you going to believe God's? No matter how bad it looks, God never gives you a negative report. You ever think of that? He never gives you a negative report. Why is all this saying? Because there's a people that is starting to praise His name. There are people that are beginning to see that His presence is what we need more than anything else. People are getting so desperate, not only desperate, it's all right to get desperate for God because the Bible says, He that hungers after righteousness shall be filled. I've seen videos of what God is doing in churches and not only America, but in difficult lands. For instance, Indonesia is one of the fourth largest populated countries in the world. You probably wouldn't know that. But they're also one of the most damaging to the house of God. Pastors are getting killed. The people are, 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 getting, are getting killed. And yet there is such a hunger for God to move, it's stirring that nation. I want you to look at this. This is on in Indonesia, and I want you to look at these young kids and what they're doing. sincerity be different if it was adults you expect that out of some adults but this is children and I guarantee you there's not one of these kids that you just saw that somebody in their family has not been killed for standing for the things of God. This is not just something that is a rarity, but I see it as something that is going to be common in the house of God. 
from this day forward. God is up to something good. I was sitting there last night looking at that. The tears began to flood my eyes. And I was thinking, Lord God, when are we going to start seeing that happen? When, Lord, God said, I'm moving, hold on, going to sit with my eyes before my end has come. If God can get the kids, he can get the adults. And when we start seeing our kids start travailing in the spirit and praying, and I've seen it with my eyes, and little kids turn around and go out the middle of the congregation and start praying for the adults. There isn't anything that will touch your heart more than when a child starts praying for the older ones. Gary's told me stories about their little girl, about her going around and laying hands on, on those that were sick or in the home. Right, Gary? I'm telling you what. I'm not just wanting to see it in the homes. I want to see it in the house of God. I want to see God do something that we can't. They can't fake it. We as adults can. But God is fixing to do something 